Welcome, Rink Rats, to this Blackhawk Rinkcast Episode 2, The Deuce, sponsored by Puck Duncan Hockey. Keith. What's that? Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith, sure. Uh, sponsored by PuckHockey.com. Bill White. Yeah. Uh, today is Monday, November 5th, 2017. I am Jeff Osborne, better known as the Gatekeeper. And I'm joined here by my good friend and co-host, John Jekyll. Uh, and we are your trusted sources at the newest hockey hangout, the-rink.com. And we're also joined here by another writer at the rink, and that's Mario Tarabasi, who is our Rockford correspondent. So welcome, Mario. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. You're going to be on a lot more <laughs> from now on, so you don't know what you got yourself yeah. into, sir. <laughs> oh, I, you know what? I'm I'm excited. Good. I'm I've 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 been through this process uh, once before and excited to continue it. So well, good, good. We're we're glad to have you on board. So we're all excited as well. So, but uh, before we uh, before we really get into the uh, the hockey side of things, we just want to mention once again we are sponsored by PuckHockey.com. That's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Uh, they are the exclusive sponsor of the Ringcast, and uh, there's a lot more to come. Uh, as far as that that co- that goes, we'll, with merch lines and all kinds of good stuff, uh, we'll have a discount code for all the listeners. They can get ten percent off on on uh, all orders at puckhockey.com. So uh, good stuff going on there. We actually today uh, developed uh, the outline for our first puckhockey.com, the rink.com uh, podcast radio commercial. <laughs> um with a certain amount of uh humor uh value to it at least we thought so so that'll be uh, coming your way in the in a future rink cast um to to enjoy and uh, i think the folks at puck hockey will enjoy it too and hopefully it'll uh send some business their way i think um, the listeners will enjoy it as well I, they may they may <laughs> i think it reflects the unique uh character of uh of the rink and uh the uh participants on the rink cast and uh um i was over on the just just a, a shameless plug for uh, for puck hockey i was over on their site again today doing a little bit of my holiday shopping and uh i just you know i'm just blown away by the uh the, the various designs and ideas they have i mean um i think there's something like 20 metal bands who who have their own unique lines there uh six or seven nhl players um, I believe Snoop Dogg has yep. a line with them. Yeah, Snoop Dogg. And yeah, he wears, yeah, he does. Yeah, and he and does soon, wear this stuff, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And coming soon, there's going to be a rink.com line for all of you rink rats. For all fives of you. Adorn yourself, festoon yourselves <laughs> with rink.com, uh, specially designed hockey jerseys and T-shirts and, and caps and uh, just really cool stuff. So check them out, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y. Yeah, and Back to steal, in. like I said, to steal a term from uh, Atomic Froster, the fives of listeners <laughs> the five, the five <laughs> of, of the rink cast can buy uh, can buy merch there. But yeah, it, it it will be cool because it's their designers will put together some badass stuff. So yeah, they uh, they, they have a good vision over there. So it'll be it'll be good to uh, have a, a an additional set of eyes to. Uh, design some stuff for us, some new innovative stuff. So, uh, so going, uh, just, you know, a little bit more housekeeping. Uh, we did get, we did get one review, which was, uh, Ken, Ken Kallenbach, which is great. We got, we oh actually God. got like 
20, uh, 20 uh, reviews, but we only got one actual uh, written down, uh, you know, uh, written down review for us. And it basically just says Gatekeeper and uh, JJ are phenomenal. Uh, Jeff and uh, Jeff from Puckett Hostel and John, formerly of Hockey Buzz, for those who are unfamiliar, the show brings you an informed and enlightened look at the game. If you're looking, for, if you're looking for meatball rah rah or doom and gloom, look elsewhere because these guys are pros. Uh, looking forward to many more episodes. So thanks, Ken Kallenbach, uh, for putting that in. Uh, any of you who listen, please, you know, uh, if you can go through iTunes. Actually, from what I saw, the interface is a little easier than it used to be. So if you want to run over there and. Good or bad, write something. You know, we'd appreciate that. But uh, the good now, review. Now that that wasn't a, a paid comment. Was no, it? that was not. No, we don't have <laughs> well, any money to pay anyone. <laughs> it was actually it was actually somebody who listens to the to the podcast. Yeah. So that yeah. was cool. Yeah, because we right. couldn't afford Just to pay to them. Clear anyway. that up. So. But yeah, we, we thank everyone who goes takes the time to even you know just uh, just rate us. But the reviews are are even better, so that that will help us move up. They'll help us get in, uh, involved and uh, be recommended to other people. We actually got a really good response uh, on the website and on the podcast. I was really impressed, and I really want to thank everyone for coming and checking us out because we got uh, some really good traffic, a lot of good inquiries. You know, asking about more features, asking about all kinds of stuff. It was great. That's what we want to hear from people. Uh, I got, I mean, I got to be honest. If there were any negative reviews or any negative things said, I didn't see any of them because it was just all positive. People wanting to know more and being interested. In yeah, really cool. So the, the response was, was really cool and, and really appreciated. And, um, you know, there's, there's a, a crowd of people that we interact with regularly on social media who have all been just immensely supportive. And, and you guys, you know who you are and you're all really appreciated. And uh, we had a great, I think the first day we had several, uh, several thousand uh, page views. And, it, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of leveled off a bit since then, and but still quite robust. And, uh, you know, you're keeping us on our toes. And, and, you know, everybody's loving the content, the stuff that Mario's doing for Rockford. Aaron Goldschmidt tipped in with a, a nice, uh, nice piece on the Blackhawk NCA prospect. Yeah, it was a great piece. Busy. And our guy Bob Rose Jr., who keeps dropping those knowledge bombs, and uh, I um, actually was reading on the Hockey Buzz message boards today somebody who was quoting Bob um, from the Rink.com on the Hockey Buzz message boards, which I thought was really cool. So oh, that is cool. It's uh, Gabe. What did you do, man? <laughs> I know, man. I'm sending the police to after you. <laughs> <laughs> that's because you're up past your bedtime. I think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, you know me too well. So, uh, yeah, again, I, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but thanks to everyone for supporting and, and coming and checking us out. It, it's been a nice, consistent uh, amount of traffic we've been getting in, and, and the podcast has been well-received, considering it was the first episode. I, can, I can't imagine how, where we can go from here because, uh, you know, it took us three years to get where we were when I was at Pocket Hostel in 90-something episodes, and we did way better than that with with the first episode of the uh, ring cast so thanks everyone i really appreciate it uh i know there's something you kind of want to address a little bit jj which as far as like uh uh, you know features and and stuff coming forward with with the site i know a lot of people had a lot of questions so i think you you maybe wanted to address that a little bit uh, right off the the cuff yep so a lot of questions we've gotten around message boards or comments 
We have not instituted that yet for a couple of reasons. One, um, Gatekeeper did uh, quite a bit of work um, just getting the site launched by November 1st. It was like almost like cyborg level, uh, you know, uh, effort on his part in addition to a, you know, a full-time day job. So we're giving him a little bit of a breather. Secondarily, we want to do it the right way. So we're investigating um, some, some various forms of common threads and or message boards. Uh, and we're going to sort of institute that as well as some other stuff that we have planned. Kind of want to do those things at the same time, uh, just for a smooth transition and sort of re- make the whole thing a lot more robust. Um, and just make it a, a really good experience for everybody who wants to chip in and share in the dialogue. And, uh, we, you know, that's going to be a big, big part of what we're doing in terms of having just a great dialogue among fans about hockey. Uh, where people could come and share ideas and, and learn things. And, um, and so we're, we want to do it the right way. So it's going to take eh, probably another few weeks at least. But uh, stick with us. We'll be keeping you guys updated uh, regularly on, on Twitter. I know we had a, a question from one of the readers. Is Twitter going to be our common thread? Well, yes, it is going to be for a few weeks. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get this up you know, before too long, and um, we'll go from there. Yeah, and we're, and, we're, and that's the good part. We, we you know... We have a lot of control over what happens with the site, so we can always bring new, innovative features. Uh, it doesn't have to stop at a certain point. We can always no. continue to grow and continue, yep. you know, to develop new things. So that's that's what's kind of exciting and kind of uh, really nice for us is uh, some some websites are you know at the mercy of the designers and stuff. Well, <laughs> when you are the designer, you're <laughs> you can do anything you want to do. So right, uh, right, yeah. So. And we do have a lot of stuff planned. I mean, this is, as I was telling a friend of mine today, um, uh, a writer actually from New York who covers the New York Rangers, um, this this site and this concept is in its infancy. We're really, we're just getting started. I mean, we, we, there are some, some fairly significant plans. Uh, we, we may not ever achieve them all, but uh, we're well on our way. I mean, I think we've, we've done the, all the things that we set up to do so far faster than we, we thought possible. Yeah. And uh you know, it's it, what it comes down to is it's just it's the quality of the listeners and and the the support they've given us, and we are immensely grateful. Yep, exactly. I couldn't uh, couldn't agree more. So, with all that being said, all the housekeeping aside, uh, let's get into some hockey, huh? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do that. So, um, well, since we last recorded, uh, the Blackhawks had three games. Uh, it, it's been kind of an up and down thing, which actually it's kind of been uh, all season long, where. Uh, you know the Blackhawks had two two straight shutouts, and all of a sudden we're uh, you know we're world beaters, or the Blackhawks are world beaters, and then they get shut out by the Canadians, and it's doom and gloom all over again. Uh, it's basically like you know the Blackhawks are the Harvey Two Face of the NHL because you, you you know you know you get those those two three nothing shutout wins, and then you get the the two nothing shutout loss, and it's kind of like uh. It's all or nothing with this team. So let me ask you something, Gabe, because when I watched the Montreal game, I felt like the Hawks actually played pretty well the first couple of periods. Um, they had a lot of chances. This That uh, Lindgren guy kind of stood on his head, I thought. It was the third period, kind of everything, just the, the, the wheels came off and Kempney and Murphy started, you know, act, playing like complete idiots. And... Um, you know, it just seemed like they and they lost their legs in the third period. I thought they looked tired. 
um, which is no excuse because Montreal played the night before too. But um, I just, I, you know, I feel like overall the last three games, they overall, except for the third period last night, I thought that they, they've played really well the last three games actually. And, and uh, that's some, you know, something to be encouraged by, but again, you know, it's, there's no excuse for, for, you know, sort of taking your foot off the gas in the third period of a tie game at home yeah. and uh, you know, and then losing, losing like they did, but I'm not going to total, total doom and gloom. I, I still feel like, you know, like in my blog, I said today that I feel like this is a, a team in transition. They're going to have to wait and see, you know, how some things work out. Um, it, you know, I'm not going to assume that it's all going to work out either. They've get, they've got a lot of young guys. They're depending on growing this year. And if they don't grow, they're going to have to figure something out around the trade deadline. Will you get your eye back on the prize, please? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Mario, how much did you see of these these three games? Uh, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I was able to I was able to catch most to all of all three of them. Um, I mean, John, you're pretty much on 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 the dot where uh, with the Canadians game is I, the first two periods. They were out chancing them. They I mean, especially in the second period, they really. Uh, they were all over them. They just, it just seemed like they didn't have <clears throat> the ability to finish when they needed to. Um, and then in the, like you said, in the third period, the wheels just kind of fell off and they didn't have a, you know, they didn't have the same bite that they did in the, in the first 40 minutes. But um, yeah, I, I think a lot of, a lot of the early relying on Cor- Corey Crawford has been fine so far because he's Ooh. been able, he's been up to the task, but um as the as the Canadians game goes, uh, you can't always uh, depend on him to you know pitch a shutout when your offense isn't isn't clicking. So, I, I mean the, the the shot numbers were high, but I don't think they're. I, I mean I could be wrong, but I, it didn't seem like the quality of shots that they were taking were great. So I don't know if it's just getting back to a, a more north north south style and just you know just get get to the net um and simplify things or or if they're you know their their playmakers just got to figure out how they're going to start gelling together because i mean it is still early in the season but it just seems like they haven't gotten their footing together as a group yet exactly yeah i mean you know in the first two games basically they hung in there long enough and Corey crawford kept kept the other team off the board long enough for for them to capitalize on a mistake. And that's pretty much what it ended up being with, you know, Anisimov scoring in both games, uh, scoring the first goal in both games. And, uh, and then Taves getting the, the, the breakaway in the, in the Philly game, you know, what a minute later, not even 20 seconds later or something like 20 that. Seconds, yeah. yeah. And then of course the empty net King, Alex Brinkett <laughs> scoring two empty net goals. So all of a sudden he's going to lead the league in scoring. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, but, you know, well, I mean, very easily could have been if Corey Crawford wasn't standing on his head, the Blackhawks could have been down in both of those games before they actually, you know, Anisimov was able to score in those games. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. could have gone either way. Um, I kind of agree about their sh- While they're getting shots on net, they're, they're not scooping up a whole lot of rebounds. And especially against... Well- Brian Elliott. Well, there's a reason for that. Yeah, especially against Brian Elliott. He was giving up rebounds all night long and nothing, you know, until Anisimov finally, 
you know, did something. Uh, they were not around the net to scoop up any of those rebounds when they were there. And, you know, Anisimov is their best net front player. Uh, so there's there's no surprise there, cause and effect. Uh, you know, Saad's pretty good around the net. Ponick and Taves are pretty good around the net. After that, you know, I mean, yeah. and, and that's, it's funny. Yeah, I, a very knowledgeable guy I was, I was reading today, um, a guy named Rick Jay out of, uh, out of, I think, Burlington, um, Ontario. Big Hawk fan was talking about the fact that they don't, they just don't have that big road grader who could go to the net, you know, and other than Anisimov and he takes about four days to get there, you know, but, uh, um, that's, that's a problem. I mean, that, that's that slop around the net, that the tough greasy goals, as they say, you know, it's, it's hard for the Hawks to get those cause they don't have a lot of that type of player. What would you guys think to maybe, I mean, just brainstorming here, especially on the power play, because that seems where, seems like where they're, they're needing to get these rebound chances the most often. Um, a guy like Hayden, you know, uh, he's got he's got a, a big body. He plays physical. He he can be a net front presence. And from what I've seen of him, um, you know, ha- has some some skill around the net to you know maybe pick up a rebound and and you know make a make a play on a defender and and, and put it home. I mean, you got your top guys, but you know, are we are we at this point where the Blackhawks have to maybe? really crank up the line blender and, and, and give people who give players who haven't had a shot at it, you know, give, give them a chance to see what they actually can, uh, can do other than just playing, you know, third and fourth line five on five minutes. I'm not a big fan of these latest lines that they've got going. No, either. Um, I mean, yeah, sure. You put the it on the side where he's quote unquote, most, unco- most comfortable. And, but you move Brandon Saad off the top line, which you, you reacquired him to play on the top line with Jonathan Taze, and now he's not. Uh, and he hasn't scored in four games since, since they moved him. He, and Saad, not, he, hasn't scored. he hasn't scored in a while. Um, and, and, you know, say what you will about Debrinkit. You know, I, of course, I'm not his, big, his biggest fan, uh, and, and I'm not going to be an, an even bigger fan just because he scored a couple of empty night goals. But... Uh, you know, put Saad where he belongs, you know? I mean, he yeah. had his most success in the preseason and in the beginning of the season uh, playing with Jonathan Taze and Richard Panic. I mean, that yeah. that's where he belongs. Um, yeah, I agree. And, I, I you know, Dabrinkit doesn't fit the style of play of Panic and Taves. Panic and Taves, they want to do that low, hard, heavy cycle game where Saad is also really, really good. And you need three guys doing that because if you only have two guys doing that and then you've got Dabrinkit kind of trying to find openings out in the slot, um, they're not. It, it's harder for those guys to generate those chances off the cycle with only two of them doing it. And, you know, Saad fits that line like a glove. And Dabrinkit, you know, yes, he's, he is cutting down his turnovers. He occasionally makes some nice plays. Um, but, but, you know, you listen to the announcers and it's like everything he does is, is hall of fame and he's doing okay, but he's not really lifting that line in any way. Um, and again, Saad belongs with those guys. Um, and then I think, you know, I think the, the, the thing that everybody thinks would happen next is to bring, can we go down and play with Kane and Schmaltz? But, you know, they kind of tried that in the preseason and for some reason they broke it up and I think they broke it up because, 
there's nobody then on that line to do anything around the net or go retrieve pucks or create any kind of space. Um, so they're not, I, you know, I don't think they want to do that too, but at some point, you know, the giving to Brinkett the chance to succeed, um, is, is coming at a little bit of a price because, um, you know, I think last night there was, there was a sequence in the second period where panic and Taves were just dominating. I mean, they were just all over the puck, really long shift, really long offensive zone possession. And I remember somebody commenting in our chat how they, they had really dominated. And, and I said, yeah, and it was all panic and taste. I mean, DeBrinckit just didn't really have anything to do with it because he's not that kind of player. He's, he's not a guy who's going to go and, and, you know, do heavy puck position along the boards and grind things out and like, like those other guys do. And I just don't think he fits that line. I don't, I don't either. Um, and you know what? If they were going to try something like bring, like move him up in the move to bring it up in the top six, and uh, you know if if you ultimately had to do that, and you wanted to try him with Kane and Schmaltz, doing it earlier in the season when Schmaltz was firing on all cylinders, and Kane was firing on all cylinders, maybe a, maybe was a better idea. Now that Nick Schmaltz is, I, whatever is wrong with him. Maybe he's still feeling the effects of the, you know, the concussion that he had. But yeah. he's not the same player he was in the preseason or, you know, in the first couple of games. Yeah. So then you have, you know, Debrinket, who I'm going to use the word struggling just because, for lack of a better term, he's. You know, he, but Schmaltz is struggling. Debrinket's kind of struggling to find his spot, and then you have them with Patrick Kane. That kind of makes a, a hell of a miss bunch of mismatches on that line um I, I don't you know now is not the time to do that i don't think but they're trying i mean they're 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 putting them up they're forcing them up in the top six and i don't know that necessarily he deserves it but they're that's what they're trying and, and it's not helping that's the bottom line it's not really helping anything i mean they could try they could try him with schmaltz and kane and maybe that line really clicks i don't know um but just in terms of you know what I think that Schmaltz and Kane need to be successful. I think that's why they put Sod there because they thought, thought Sod was a guy who could go retrieve pucks for them and and you know create some space. And for for whatever reason, it's just it doesn't that that line doesn't seem to really be working. Oh, I, and I yeah, I totally so, agree because I mean if you look at the beginning of the season, they had Ryan Hartman there, and then they tried Richard Panic there. They also tried Brandon Sod there. Those guys are all guys that that'll play more of a physical game and win you those board battles and go deep in the zone. So, you know, it putting Alex to bring it there. I, I don't, I think it kind of defeats the purpose, but yeah, I mean, if you're going to well, try, try it, I guess there. maybe, uh, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it either. Yeah. But, uh, well, I, I, I look at it as like, you know, to bring it as a guy who at this point is still figuring out the NHL game still figuring out how he can find his space and, and yeah. find his open shot because that's that's what he did in yeah. in Erie that's you know that's the game he plays um you know I I look at it as like Artemi Panarin when he was on this team obviously was a more uh seasoned player even though he mm-hmm. was a quote unquote rookie um he knew how to you know he knew how to find space get his get his own shot off um I think if you know if if they're really trying to get to if they're really trying to force to bring it into this, this top six role, which it it seems like they are because 
there's no sense in putting him on the fourth line, and there's really not a good way to get him into the third line. Why not? And I, I know he's doesn't have the speed that Kane and Debrinket have, but why not put Anisimov up there, who you know has chemistry with Kane, and trying to play with a player who more or less needs to find their own shot rather than create their own shot, like Debrinket and Panarin's are were similar. I mean, why not try that as a second line and, and move Schmaltz to the third line until he can, you know, maybe find his his groove again. Yeah, that's possible too. It's, yeah, it's a possibility considering that Schmaltz has really not played all that well recently. So dropping him down a little bit, but I mean, then then you got him with the black hole of Patrick Sharp and John Hayden. Well, you know, we both, we all like John Hayden, but you know, Patrick Sharp has has been nothing. He, he's you mm-hmm. know. Not even, maybe not even a shadow of his former self at this point in time. They've been, they've been giving him all the opportunities to su- succeed. I mean, he's been out there on the power play all the time, and he's getting playing time. He's he's gotten opportunities to succeed, and he's not really doing a whole lot of anything. Which, hey, we hate to say we told you so, but hey, we told you so. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, maybe Schmaltz on that line with Sharp and Hayden makes a difference. With you know a little more skill, uh, you know. Knows? But whenever they put Anisimov with Kane, and I don't know what it is, and I don't know why it, it didn't seem this way last year, but this year, whenever they put Anisimov with Kane, Anisimov looks three steps behind the play. I don't know what it is because last year it didn't seem that way quite as much. I mean, he's always been a bit of a boat anchor. Maybe but just I don't. Maybe but just every time they they yeah. send him out with Kane this year, he he just seems to slow the line down to a crawl. Maybe it was because Panarin and Kane were flying around the ice, so you didn't even notice yeah. Anisimov. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. So, I mean, it, some, something might, may change. I don't know. Uh, they weren't, like, like we said, they weren't completely terrible, uh, but they weren't out of this world great either. So, I thought they were, I thought against Minnesota they were pretty good. I mean, um, they their their structure was much improved. They they were breaking out nice and fast and and smooth. And they were you know just it, it, a lot of the problems they were having earlier in the year. Uh, the Philadelphia game too, especially the second and third period of that game, they they really seemed to start playing their game again. And uh, I mean that that's encouraging. Now, neither one of those are great teams, especially Minnesota without Zach Parise. But I I I'm not. It's it just it's a schizophrenic team. They they seem to 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 sort of quit and dog it at times, which I don't understand either. Um, but uh, you know, I'm not I'm not giving up on it yet. It's just there's there's not all the pieces seem to be in place yet. That's the best way I could describe it. And I don't know if they have all the pieces or if they gotta sort of ju- you know juggle some things around and move some things. But it, and it does feel like you know like for example to break it kind of a square peg into a round hole thing, um, and. They're going to have to figure this stuff out because, you know, there's there are 500 team today, basically. Yeah, I think um, while the offense was okay, um, it wasn't great, like we said. Uh, I think actually uh, even, you know, barring that third period yesterday, without Gustav Forsling, this defense looks a little better. Yep. Yeah. you know, the, the lines are a little weird. They look kind of crazy out there. You're Duncan Keith with Cody Franzen and Jan Ruda on his other side with Brent Seabrook. And, and then you got Kempty and Connor Murphy. They looked all right 
for for three games out there. I mean, they didn't start getting toasted till the third period of the back to back game. So yeah, uh, Kemney was great in Minnesota. Um, he he was probably their best defenseman in Minnesota. He was fantastic. But I mean, the first goal last night. I mean, he was so far up the ice and out of position. It was just like, oh my god, you know. Yeah. Um, and that you're going to have that with him sometimes. He just does that. He plays at such a high tempo. Um, and sometimes he just gets caught way up ice. And it's, it happened last year too. Yeah, his, his his awareness on ice sometimes is the greatest. No. Yeah. Yeah, he has a, he has a tendency to to pinch at the wrong times from from what yeah. I can tell, and then you know doesn't doesn't win the puck on the board that he's trying to get to, and then now yep. you're chasing back a two on one or a three on yep. two. So. And and we had the luxury, you know, of you know several years of Brett Seabrook and Nicholas Shelmerson picking the right times to try and lay someone out it didn't come often but when it did you know it was usually the usually the right time now you got Connor Murphy he's running around trying to lay people out a little too much which yeah. I, which is going to get him in Q's doghouse if he keeps it up he needs to he needs to concentrate on his on his you know play you know playing the puck rather than trying to lay people out all the time I think he needs to find that happy medium so uh you know, I guess we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I, I kind of mentioned it in my recap yesterday, which is if anyone is uh, making a case for themselves to sit for Gustav Forsling, uh, it's Connor Murphy at this point in time. Uh, I think the rest of the guys all have earned themselves a couple, at least a couple more games or a little, a few more looks. Yeah, so they could they could sit Murphy, move Ruta back over to the right side, and put Forsling in. But you know what, Forsling's got to be better too. Yeah, because he's oh yeah, been a, he's been a real adventure. Yeah, I I don't I don't I'm <laughs> not calling for him to be. Yeah, I'm not calling for him to be thrown back in the lineup because I'll be honest with you, these last three games that they uh, they haven't had him out there, I didn't miss him. Yeah, and I don't know that the Blackhawks missed him either because I think they yeah. did fine. Uh, you know, considering you gave up. What two goals in three games? Come on, that's not so shabby. Yeah. I mean, you can we can attribute that to Player of the Week Corey Crawford, who <laughs> maybe finally is getting a little bit of recognition because people can't criticize him after the week he's had. But you know, some of that was the defense playing better as well because you know I don't have the numbers in front of me. Yeah, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I I think overall the shot totals in those three games. We're, we're tilted towards the Hawks and that's an improvement over how it's been for much of the year and uh, you know Crawford I think that's part of the reason Crawford had two shots um, and and was well on his way to a third is because you know they were keep the shot suppression was much better um, and uh, so that's all good I mean that that's also again these were not the greatest teams in the league they were playing in any of these three nights but uh Still, that's there's there's some positives there. Just that the third period last night was a little bit of a disaster, and and uh, they're going to have to to sort of regroup uh, after that. Yeah, well, they got to they got until Thursday to, to to get their act together a little bit. So, I'm sh- I'm fully expecting Joel Quenville to be playing some line mind games and firing up the blender just to you know see what's going on. I I, I wouldn't mind him you know, making some roster moves with moving guys up and down from, from Rockford. And, you know, I know Mario, you've been watching Rockford way closer than we have, 
But uh, I, I mean, like I said, it, it, we're 15 games in. This is when you do that, Chankering. Find out if any of those guys really yeah. have what you need this year. And uh, if you don't do it now, you kind of lose that luxury later in the season. If you are fighting and your team's 500 and you're trying to fight for a spot, try it out now. Because if you go, if you go down, you know, if you go down under 500 now, at least you can, you, you have a little bit of time to make up some ground. If you do it, you know, in February, you might not have time to make up that ground that you may lose. And then you're not bringing guys up that, that may be able to help you out. And, and you really paint yourself into a corner. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the issue with that though comes into like, who, who are you going to send down? I mean, obviously the, the, the first, first thought I know from just the three of us would be Alex to just because you're not forcing him into the lineup anymore. But, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I don't I, the 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 guy I have in my head that would be the first call up is Vincent Estroza, but I'm not sure if where he would fit in and if you're replacing him for Alex Debrinka because you can't you wouldn't play him in the first two lines. That's a good point. Um, and then is it you know do you do you throw Brian Hartman back into the into the top six and then play Estroza on the fourth line because if you're going to do that. I mean, then then you're having Tanner Caro as a as a healthy scratch then. Yeah, well, yeah, Tanner Caro has been healthy scratch anyway, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but right. But I'm just yeah, yeah. No, I get you, I get what you're saying. I understand. Um, I mean, really, if you if you if you break it all down, Hinnestrosa isn't going to give you any any more or less maybe than Debrinket. Maybe he's going to give you a little more finish, uh, just with a little more experience. You're gonna get that. He's he's he's. I think he's got more foot speed than Debrinket does. Yeah, well, a lot of people do too. <laughs> for, for 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 what it's worth. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I agree. He's the fast. Same size, but yeah. You he's, know who's um, who's allegedly on the trading block right now? Who I actually think would would fit this team like a glove is James Van Riepsdyk from Toronto. Oh my God, I would love him. Yeah. Well, that that was brought up. That was brought up in the uh, questions. I gotta, yeah. I, I gotta see who get. Uh, it was uh, Manifold Glue who brought that up in the questions about uh, James yeah. Van Riemsdyk. So his suggestion was sending Murphy for Van Riemsdyk, and my response was, I think I know what Toronto would say to that, which is no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, Murphy plus something else, maybe, um, or uh, you know, a Kempney or or a Forsling plus something else, um, maybe maybe you could pry him loose. But I think it would take significantly more than a spare part, you know, from the Hawks' current roster to get James Van Riemsdyk. Oh God, could, um, could you imagine uh, Connor Murphy turning into the next Trevor Trevor Daly? Yeah, <laughs> where right. he goes, mm-hmm. he goes to Toronto and and plays, you know, the rest of the games out of the season, and they win the cup or go deep in the playoffs. And uh, you know, the Blackhawks, you know, not so much. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, I mean, yeah. you, they, I mean, you, you never know. I mean, um, Toronto did just take Roman Polak off of another, you know, catastrophic leg injury to be on their right side. So, I mean, if they're, if they're reaching for him, they might even, who knows, they might, they might look at Murphy, but as a straight for one for one deal, I don't know if they would. No, I don't, I I would highly doubt that that would even happen. happen. Yeah. No, that's a, that's an NHL EA 17 type of trade. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That is gonna happen yeah no, for but, everyone but, listening but we're not saying it would take to do it yeah for everyone listening that's 
the chances of that happening are slim to none. So, right. But uh, whatever it would take to get a guy like Van Riemsdyk, you know, you put him on on uh, the left side of, of Kane and Schmaltz, and you got a big guy who could go to the net and do things around that, and he can also skate. He can move. And, he's uh, a sad type player. Yeah, um, that would be that would be a really nice pickup. Um, and and then then you've got a top six, you know, with two true left wings, two true right wings, two true centers, um, and potential to do some real damage and create some matchup problems. I still feel like they're dancing around the fact that they don't have a a, le- a, a second line left wing who slots in on that line because you know again it's been a little bit of a revolving door and and uh, on that line now like where we had it on the first line last year. Um, but uh, they ought to be able to solve it. I mean, I would even be open to trying Sharp up there um, and just, just see what he could do. There could be a reason, though, that they haven't done it, which is in practice they're just seeing that he's pretty much done. Yeah, you know, that's what I kind of said. the glue factory. <laughs> yeah, someone someone brought that up to me. Why don't, why don't you put, play, play him in the top six? Why don't you play Sharp in the top six? I'm like, I, don't, I think he's done. Like, I don't think he's going to do anyone any good up there. I think it'd just be a waste of everyone's time, but yeah. you know, whatever. Well, you know what? There always is Jordan Tutu who may be available <laughs> to play coming up. Uh, it was announced this week that Jordan Tutu may be, or is almost healthy and may be available, which I don't think that's going to, you know, I think Jordan Tutu, he's already gone through waivers and they just couldn't send him down because he was injured. But I think he's, I mean, like, what are you going to do? If, like if Boma gets hurt, you put Tutu in. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a waste of a roster spot. <laughs> if anything, he's been through waivers and no one scooped him up so they could send him down to Rockford, which is, I think that's where he, where uh, Jordan Tutu yeah. is beginning to be headed. Uh, when, when, once he is healthy. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if you had some injuries, yeah, he's a guy you could bring up. He's actually not, as a fourth line player, a terrible hockey player, but he's, you know, he's not a guy who's going to really make a difference no, either. But they have four guys that can play probably right. better than him in Boma, right. Wiggles, Hartman, and Carroll right now. Right. And, uh, right. you know, you could swap Hartman with Hayden, but still better than Tutu. I mean, so yeah. you got four guys ahead of him already. There's there's no yeah. need to, to drag another body into there. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the state of the Blackhawks right now. I mean, I guess we're gonna see what we're gonna see on against Philly on Thursday. We'll see if they can uh, rebound a little bit or at least could continue that decent momentum that they had going on. While like we said, that third period didn't go so well against the Canadians. The the, the first two periods weren't terrible. They weren't awful at all. Blackhawks stayed in the game, um, and they kind of made a, an AHL goalie look look like an all star which, you know, Kelvin Pickard, you know. Yeah. It's happened many times before, so. But uh, let's let's kind of shift gears a little bit. And uh, I know, Mario, you've been really uh, watching the uh, the Rockford Ice Hogs, and uh, I, I, I actually have our stat, the stats pulled up of the, the, the Ice Hogs, but kind of give us, you know, what's going on down there? What's, uh, I know they started off strong, and now they've kind of leveled off a little bit, but. Uh, what do you, what are you seeing down there? Yeah, they, uh, I mean, they started off, uh, like you said, they started off really strong. I think they got out to like a, I think it was like a five and one or six and one start. Um, but they've, uh, they've dropped two of their last three now, um, actually two in a row for the first time this year, um, just over this last weekend. But I mean, out of the gate first, you know, just about first dozen games, um, they've been a complete change from 
you know, what they had going last year where it was basically a, a bunch of pieces put together, uh, of, you know, from the scrap heap, basically that players that really weren't going to make it, uh, make much of a difference, um, for the Blackhawks and then weren't really getting it done, um, at the AHL level. So through all the, the, the movement, um, at, both at the trade deadline and then just over the off season and, and through the summer, they've really gotten younger and uh, faster than and better. The, yeah, and just overall better than than they were last year. I mean, you look at like a guy we mentioned, Vince Hinestroza. He's been at a uh, you know eleven points in eleven games, and um, Thomas Yurko. I mean, he hasn't uh, you know. He hasn't looked bad at the AHL level. He's he's, he's actually been you know a, quite a, a bright spot for them. Um, and then you know rookies uh, Matthew Highmore, David Camp that they brought in, um, Matheson Icapelli, uh, who else is uh, Alex Fortin, Anthony Lewis, uh, still technically a rookie. I mean these guys have looked um, you know pretty impressive through their first first couple of games. Um, you know. Colleton has said, um, you know, also a, a new face in Rockford this year after uh, after the team let go of Ted Dent. Um, you know, he said that they've their their goal is to you know work hard, you know, outwork the other team every night, but they're doing it not in a style of you know being being hard to play against, as the the phrase that you know is the is the popular phrase hard to play against. Um, in a physical way, they're trying to be hard to play against in that you just can't keep up with them. And so far, they have it's, a lot of speed. It's, it's worked. They, have, yeah. they have a lot of speed down there. They have uh, uh, Fortin's, a, Fortin's a really fast player. Hintz-Rosa can fly. Highmore's fast. Laurent Dauphin is fast. I mean, these are all very fast games. Anthony Lewis. Um, Anthony Lewis, right. Um, yeah, so I mean that's that's like that's like those these guys are faster than the NHL, let alone the AHL, where it's it's a half step slower. Yeah, so I mean they've they've really you know loaded up in the farm system on on guys that you know they they focus on skill and speed, um, whereas in previous years they've had a, a couple guys in their in their lineup who um, are more you know physical, more you know. I don't want to use the term enforcer, but more more of a of a banger type of player, and they really don't have that this year. And that I mean, especially in the AHL level, where more fights are going to happen than the NHL level, um, that can be looked at as a you know maybe a disadvantage in in some states. But um, I think for the Blackhawks to be able to pull someone out of your farm system that can add some speed to the roster. I think that's mm-hmm. something that's more valuable than, you know, bringing up a guy like, uh, you know, Brandon, Ma- uh, uh, or something like that, you know, <laughs> who's not really, you know, who's, who's not really going to give you too much skill. Um, when you're looking to, you know, make a roster move. So, or I even think, Mark McNeil, right. Know, was yeah. Who wasn't going to make any difference in the NHL level. Right. Boom. Nailed it. Yeah, I, I yeah. think Andreas Martinson is really the closest thing they have to a, a, a quote unquote, you know, traditional enforcer. And he may yeah. not even be that, but he's the closest thing they have, I think. 
and he was an acquisition and they, I mean, right. they didn't start the season with him. So, you know, they, they even brought, they, they brought him in, you know, after the, after the year got going. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that that's, I, I, I am of the mindset that, you know, the, the game as a whole, both at the NHL level and at the, you know, the, the AHL and the younger player of this generation is going towards being more skilled and, being quicker on their feet um if they're you know in that physical range i mean if you're if you're the size of john hayden you're not going to say oh well my 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 strength is my quickness no you're you're going to use your body you're going to you know yeah. be physical but you know guys like hina stroza highmore um Dauphin, these guys they're they're one of their biggest qualities is their speed so i think that that's something that rockford really has transitioned to and i think over time the Blackhawks might end up transitioning to as well. Um, you know, they, they still got big bodied guys. Um, I, I Capelli's got good size. Graham Knott is a, is a big guy who um, he's, you know, I think he's still kind of figuring out his own game being uh, sort of more of a power winger, but he's just got to fill out his body. He's still 19. So, you know, yeah. he's got time to develop, but yeah, I know um, we were, we were, you and I and uh, Aaron, at the camp this summer where we're watching him and I kept saying that guy's shown me nothing that, that really impresses me. And we kept looking at each other every time he touched the puck. We're like, what is, what, what are they going to do with this guy? Like they had, they were playing him at center and he couldn't win any faceoffs. And like, I'm looking at his stats right now and in 10 games, he's got one goal and one assist. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, he's, he's been in their fourth line group and I know at the AHL level lines are, are different because, you know, based on matchup, you might play your fourth line more than you do your second line on any given night. But, um, you know, he's 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 been kind of buried on the in the lineup. But, um, yeah, like I said, he's he's a young guy. He's you know in his first pro season at any level, so he's you know you got to have a bit of a curve with some of these players. But most of their rookies are, are all really hitting the ground running. Yeah. Um, so that's you know that's 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 good to see. And then, you know, in net, um, between Jeff Glass and, and JF Berube, I mean, Berube, they've been riding him more, uh, this season so far, but he's really, you know, s- s- put his stamp on the, uh, on the fact that he's going to be the number three option for the, uh, uh, for the Blackhawks organization, um, on their, their goalie depth chart and, you know, maybe even, you know, get a, get a call up and, you know, get a get a game or two if if Forsberg, you know, doesn't really um, doesn't really step up in a backup role down down the the, the road. Um, Barube has looked like a you know a solid option, so that I mean, that's that's really positive to see because a couple of years ago or even you know this summer with uh, losing Scott Darling, the goalie depth for this for the, for the Blackhawks organization was not great, and now you know it's kind of turned completely around where you have Forsberg and Berube as a two and three that you could really interchange as being, you know, a, a quality NHL backup. And yeah, then you got, you got Jeff Glass, who's been, you know, uh, he's been around for a little while around the league. He, you know, he's, he's a guy you can throw in and you know what you're going to get. So, I mean, that's, that's better to have him as a four than as a, a two yeah. is what it looked like yeah. at, at uh, <laughs> early on in the, in the summer. Yeah, that's for sure. Right? That's 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 a big thing. That that goaltending uh, depth 
is a big thing, I think, in Rockford because last year they didn't have that. I mean, Jeff, they signed Jeff Glass midseason to help them out because the goalies that they had weren't really doing what they wanted. The team itself wasn't really doing what they wanted, but you know, Berube's come in, and while his 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 record overall at five and three is all that great, he's got two shutouts. He's uh, goals against, you know, under two and a half. His save percentage is over nine nine twenty. That's all really good stats right there. I mean, granted, it's only eight games, but still, you know, that's a good strong start to the season. So, that's that's good to see. Um, so that's good stuff from uh, Rockford. Let's. I think um, you know. Hopefully, we'll be able to get some more, uh, some more games, and I I can hopefully get to get to some Rockford games this year. Uh, I was yeah. No, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say this uh, this upcoming weekend they have uh, three games and three nights starting Thursday morning. <laughs> um, thir- Thursday they're in Iowa playing the Wild at ten thirty a.m. Um, I have to do some digging on on the Iowa Wild side to figure out why they are dropping the puck uh, before McDonald's closes breakfast. But um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'll 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 get back to you on that. But then uh, sat, uh, Friday they are back home uh, in Rockford. I believe they play the San Antonio Rampage, and then Saturday uh, they go north Rampage. to Milwaukee to play the Rat. <laughs> uh saturday they go north to milwaukee to play the admirals for the 87th time this year so um so that'll be a, that'll be a good yeah. one as well so it's yeah. the second second three games in three days that they'll that they'll have in the first 15 games of the season so but such as the ahl yeah well that'll be a big weekend so we'll we'll look forward to your coverage my friend yes we are expecting you to be prolific. Oh yeah, I, I I shoot for nothing less than prolific. Right on. Like Jack Nicholson said in uh, in Batman, "You are my number one guy." <laughs> uh, I was actually looking over the stats because I was I was doing a little research before the game, but uh, I was looking at the Indy Fuel, and uh, I, you know I've been hearing a couple things, you know, through the grapevine of, of about Indy Fuel not not doing so hot. Um, and yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're kind of a, I don't know, I don't know what you want to call it down there, an adventure, maybe kind of the equivalent of the Michael Kempney and, uh, uh, Connor Murphy, uh, pairing ye- uh, in the third period yesterday, but, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're kind of a, an adventure. Uh, I know Matt Tompkins, uh, got hurt, uh, and I, I, you know, I, I've heard that it was, uh, some some shoddy play from the Florida team uh taking him out and uh it may be an extended injury as far as a no, knee that's injury. Too bad. Yeah, a knee injury uh with with Tompkins, who was starting off to actually to have a pretty decent season. He was splitting time with uh the rink legend Colin Delia. <laughs> Colin Delia our boy. Um the real deals. Had, yeah, he hasn't he has he's kind of had a rough go at it too. Um the team kind of breaking down in front of them a little bit, and uh, they had to sign some uh, some free agent goalies to back him up. And then Delia has been been shuttled between Rockford and you know he's been playing with Rock or he's been practicing with Rockford during the week, and then shuttling back to to Indy for the weekend games. And that's kind of you know I, I got to imagine that's got to wear on a guy. But uh, he's coming in with a he's got a good attitude, and you know he's just. Uh, you know, I, I hope he hangs in there a little bit. I, I'd like to see him get some some time with the Ice Hogs, maybe uh, during the season. But uh, 
we'll see how that goes. But one uh, one thing of note that I kind of wanted to, to bring up to people, and we've brought this guy's name up a couple times, and it's uh, Radovan Bandra, who signed an a- AHL deal. Um, he's playing with the Indy Fuel. He's uh, he's played seven of the nine games, and he's got no points, and he's a negative three. Yeah, that's ba- good. Basically at the bottom of the scoring uh, for that team. So uh, that's not good for him. Uh, he was Radovan, kind of, don't call me Peter Bondra. Yeah, not <laughs> not a good start to the season for that guy who's who might have had a you know who we thought might have had some kind of promising uh, uh, potential with uh, maybe the Ice Hogs at some point in time, but that's not going to get you any call up anytime soon, my friend. No. So uh, uh, he might have been better served staying in the in the WHL this year, but yeah, man, maybe there's a reason the Blackhawks didn't sign him. So yeah. So uh, that's that's kind of uh, your uh, Blackhawks uh, minor league uh, look around the rink or look around the league. Uh, that's that's what's going on down there. Um, and oh, JJ, you had you had some kind of uh, some kind of notes on uh, NCAA stuff, uh, stuff that uh, I know Aaron had highlighted earlier. So I don't know if you want to talk speak on that. I you know what I. I glanced through it. Um, I didn't really uh, absorb a lot of the uh, specifics on any of the players. Um, so I probably am not the guy to speak to. All right. Well, I mean, uh, just loosely, um, I know uh, Ian Mitchell and uh, Hillman uh, from uh, University of Denver uh, are looking, you know, looking really good. Uh, they're, they're, you know, putting up some points. Uh, Chad Chris had a couple of goals the other day, who's a guy we, we mentioned in uh, prospect camp. Um, and then Ryan Shea, uh, another player who had three assists in uh, a game on Saturday. So those are just a couple names of some guys. But if you really want to get an, a more in-depth. Uh, read the article. Yeah, read read what uh, Aaron Goldschmidt put together on the rink. Uh, he, he put it. It took him a lot of time to put this thing together. So uh, yeah. we're, we're, we're looking for like a weekly, uh, kind of a weekly uh end of the week update on, on, on prospects and stuff. So Aaron's Aaron did an excellent job on, on that. So uh, head over to the dash rank.com and uh, read some of uh, Aaron's stuff. Cause it's good stuff. So uh, we're going to, you know, we're, we're, I was just, Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say just to tie in with the, uh, with the college tie here. Um, I don't know if you guys mentioned it or if it was even reported in the, in the first episode, I can't remember listening back to it now, but um uh, Dylan Sakura, yeah. <laughs> named to the named to the preliminary uh, roster for Team Canada. So we did talk that about thing. that. Yeah, we kind okay. of brought that yeah, up a little got bit that, with got that, how, so. how uh, Stan Bowman had kind of uh, tongue in cheek alluded to Dylan Sakura would be their trade uh, deadline acquisition, which kind of made us collectively roll our eyes a little bit. I think he was trolling <laughs> us. Yeah, I think Bowman was actually trolling us. Yeah, yeah, but, but okay. I mean, hey, All it's right. good well, for just, it's good for him. He's 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 one of the best players in college this year, and you you can't uh, you can't knock that. Uh, I don't think he's going to separate in the NHL and be you know the savior. But um, that's good. They they have you know yet another excellent prospect coming up. Uh, in yeah, the he's definitely the uh, the top uh, prospect to have in in the NCAA's, and you know he's there. The, he, there's a lot of very positive. Uh, um, reportage um, coming out of the NCAAs about him and out of the amateur ranks, and that's all really good. That's that's cool. Yeah. So uh, 
wrapping up uh, towards the end, uh, we want to you know get to some questions that people had, and, and again, we want to thank people for sending in their questions because you know I only gave them you know eight eight, eight hours to get a question in. Uh, so uh, let's uh, dive right into the questions a little bit. The uh, first one was from uh, Dave Ryan QCY, who hasn't sent in a question before, but thanks for uh, D- thanks Dave for sending your question. He said, with the lack of production in the power play, do you think? There is a rift going between the players and the power play coach, Kevin Deneen. Uh I will be glad to, to speak that. I actually, I like the new scheme that they're trying with uh, Kane and Franson on the points. Um, and they're moving the puck around a little bit and they're, they're moving players a little bit. Um, they did get a power play goal, I believe, in Minnesota from Anisimov. And... Um, I, I, I'm encouraged by what I see them doing. Um, I don't get the sense that there's – I haven't heard anything specifically about a ref between the players and Deneen. Um, and it's not like, you know, the, the power play just being kind of static and perimeter is any kind of a new thing with this team, um, even predating Deneen, in my opinion. So I, I'm not – there could be a rift there, but I've not heard anything to that extent. I think it's, it's more a case of – my my feeling about the power play and, and, and what's been wrong with it for most of the last several years is that they don't have a true power play quarterback on the points. And I think that I really think it's interesting that they're putting Kane there now um, because you talk about a guy who's really instinctive on the power play. Um, I, I think it's, it's certainly worth trying and he has not looked bad at all. I actually think that there's more opportunities happening with him back there. So I'm interested to see how that goes. And the other thing you brought up too was Cody Franzen back there. I mean, yep. Yep. No, you know, Cody Franzen has made a, has made a, a, a he's made a difference. Uh, he's yeah. getting shots through, uh, which is something that, you know, Duncan Keith wasn't doing. Uh, Brent Seabrook was sometimes, but Cody Franzen's getting some shots through. I mean, that Anisimov power play goal was a result of a Cody Franzen yeah. slap shot that got yep. through to the net, the rebound dropped down, and Anisimov swept it into the net. I mean, it's as easy as so that. I, I think the first unit is it's Kane and Franson at the points, Anisimov and Schmaltz, I believe, and I, I'm not sure. I think Saad might be the other forward. Um, and, I, and I again, I, I felt like, I felt like th- there were some good things happening uh, the last couple of games with that unit out there. And uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see more of that. It's it's a different approach. It's not just Seabrook and you know Keith doing doing what they do out there. It's it's uh, it's kind of a whole different look. Yeah, well, uh, Franzen letting that one timer go, which he seems to be very good at, and he's got a. It looks like he has a good heavy shot. He's a and, bomb. Yeah, and he gets yeah. it through. He doesn't wait for. I mean, that, we talked about this in the first episode, which was. You know, they're so deliberate. It was like pass and wait and yep. wait and wait. Yep. And then everyone catches up to you and then you pass. And then Kane kind of dances around a little bit and you wait and you wait and you wait. There's when you have Franzen out there, he's just he's just letting the bombs go one timers yep. before anyone can catch up to him. And they're getting through to the net. I mean, that's what I was looking for. It's not yep. exactly what you know, they're not still not moving the puck all that fast. But by Franzen just unleashing those one timers, it's still creating some some lanes to the net yeah so well yeah and the and the rub against them is that they always look for that extra you know extra pass that sometimes is unnecessary with friends and he I mean he he's not going to take that extra pass he's going to take the puck and try and get it on net and make something happen and that's kind of the 
the biggest thing that they that they needed was just if you have a shot, take it. Yeah. On on the power play, there's nothing wrong with putting the puck on net and seeing what happens. No, not it, at all. It's it's nice and pretty to you know set up these one timers, but sometimes you just gotta just gotta get it towards the net and see see who can you know bang in a rebound or get a tip on it like you know Nisimov's been able to do and yeah that is just just what Franzen's been able to to uh, to bring in um, is already exceeded my expectations for what he might do so yeah um, I, I, yeah I'm that's just what big I, Cody Franzen guy. Uh, but but that was you know something that that, that Panarin did, which is he was just going to shoot it well. Every time you you pass yeah. it to him, he's he, he's rocketing that you know whether it gets blocked or not. At least he was trying to get pucks to the net, which is you know you didn't see anyone doing that in the first you know eight games or whatever. Yeah. So you know that's 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 a welcome change. So maybe the, you know maybe that's a sign of things to come. I guess we, we yeah. shall see. Um, Brain Sprain uh, actually put in a couple of questions, uh, which I kind of mentioned a little bit and I kind of alluded to, but I want to give Brain Sprain his, brain sprain his credit, which was Schmaltz is, is, uh, Schmaltz is struggling a bit. Is that a concussion hangover? I think it is. I think he's still uh, knocking the cobwebs loose. Um, but uh, That could be. Yeah. That could be. Because he's, he, he's a know, different there, player there now than he, he was. He turns it up and... and uh... He's, you know, he's, he's burning past guys like he was early on, but, uh, he has, I mean, he was all world until he took that shot against Columbus. And, uh, so we'll see, hopefully, hopefully he gets it back at a hundred percent. And I just want to, at this moment, just be a little shout out to brain spray. we know you've been going through some medical stuff, buddy. And, uh, hope you, uh, hope you're feeling better. Uh, yeah. Hang soon. in there. I know. Uh, yeah, that, that could be some rough stuff. So. Yeah. I think I think it was kind of a he, he had a, he had a second and third question. I think uh, the second one was kind of a little bit tongue in cheek. He said, "What players should stand trade away at the deadline for picks?" Kempney, Bowman, All Wiggles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not that far yet. I don't think. Uh, but uh, and then the third one says, "Doctor says I have multiple kidney stones uh, that have yet to start to come down. What beers pair best in the insane pain of kidney stones?" <laughs> Uh, I myself would uh, would go with the lemonade, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I would stick away from the beer and uh, stuff like that. But uh, relegated Seamus uh, had a question. He said, "Who is the most intriguing prospect on defense the Hawks have, and how do you feel about Anton For- Forsberg?" Uh, I don't know, Mario. What do you think? Most intriguing prospect on defense for the for the Blackhawks? Yeah, I mean. Defensively, um, you know, a, a guy that they uh, a guy that they had um, miss a couple games at the beginning of the year, um, but has has come into the lineup now as of late is um, Luke Snuggerud. Uh, came out of college last year, um, towards the end of the year, and kind of hit the ground running um, in the last handful of games for last season. This year, he's been off to a bit of a slower start, but. <clears throat> Um, he's a guy that I that I expect a little bit more from uh, as the season goes on. So we'll see what comes comes from him. Um, Darren Radish has, has been decent uh, a start to the year. I know uh, we discussed uh, over the summer at, after prospect camp how you know he kind of looked a little bit behind for where you'd you'd hope that he'd be at, but um, he's actually he's actually coming uh, a little bit to his own. Uh, as, as the year has progressed here shortly, but I'd say that 
the the first guy that I would give a look at defensively, even though you know Hawks carry eight defensemen as it is, um, would be uh, Eric Gustafson. You know, a guy who's already been with the already been with the team, and just over the last couple of seasons hasn't been able to really show enough to to be an option to to crack back into the into the NHL roster. But I think this year he's. I don't know if it's something's clicked with him finally the, that his play on the ice just hasn't been up to up to par for what they needed it to be. But, you know, he's 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 really making things happen um, this season so far. He's looked from what from what I can tell uh, just a lot better um, skating, a lot more confident with the puck uh, than in than in the last couple of seasons. So um, he'd be the guy I give the first call up to, even though I know he's been. He's been around the org for uh, for a little while. Um, same with Vili Poca. He's he's yeah. looked he's looked fine, but um, you know that's he's he's always looked fine. Yeah. Um, that's a good so, way of I mean, putting it. As 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 a true prospect, I'd say uh, probably Carl Dahlstrom too. And I know I pretty much touched on their entire defensive core, but um, you know they have they have options. But as as far as a true prospect goes, I'd go with Carl Carl Dahlstrom. Um, He's again another kind of defensive-minded guy, um, strong in his own end. So, uh, yeah, I, I, they, they got options. Um, yeah, and and there and there's 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 things that look there's there's players that look promising defensively that they've kind of missed um, in the last uh, last few seasons. The nice the nice thing about Gustafson is he has half season of NHL experience. Uh, he can play either side. Um, which is uh, a, a feature that I know the Hawk coaches like. Um, and uh, he's mobile. He can skate. So if he's, you know, sort of uh, eliminated all those pizzas that he was serving up a couple of years ago uh, when he was in the NHL, then, then you know, there, there could be something there as far as a, a serviceable depth defenseman that they could they could pull up if they need him. But you, you're, you're right. I mean, they're running eight deep at the NHL level right now. So, um, it may, there may be no room at the end unless there's a, uh, an in- injury. Yeah, and right now, Eric, right now, Eric Gustafson is second on the uh, Rockford Ice Hogs in scoring with ten points in eleven games. Yeah. So he's having himself, yeah. you know, a nice start to the season. So, but of course, yeah, there are eight defensemen out there. So the the chances they're going to call up a defenseman right now are probably pretty slim. Unfortunately for the guys in Rockford, because uh, I'd like to see more of uh, Luke Snuggerud. I. I I liked what I saw him in prospect camp. So uh, hopefully, you know. He's got the great nickname, Ravishing Luke Snuggerud. <laughs> nice. Boom. I Nailed do like it. that one. Yeah. Nice. Uh, all right, good. Um, I think, uh, how do you feel about Anton Forsberg? <laughs> I, I I guess being the goalie guy that I am, I guess I'll take this one. Um I, I think Forsberg's been fine. I mean, he had he had, he had a little bit of a, and I know uh, Cat from uh, she's over on the, she's over on the yeah the athletic. Uh, she did a nice long uh, piece on uh, you know how Anton Forsberg's third that third game he had where it was you know perceived that he had this terrible game, but maybe not as bad as it looked on the outside. Um, you know he's fine. He's fine as a backup goalie right now. I mean, unless you unless he's going to play two, three, four games where he really stinks it up, I you don't worry about him just yet. He's he's been fine. 
I think he's, you know, it's, he's okay. it's hard to be a backup goalie in, in as much as, and I think maybe we got spoiled a little bit with Lamont native Scott Darling where, you know, he would come in and, and, and be stellar. Um, but that, that, you know, sitting on the bench cold for several games coming in, um, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to do. And some guys I know from, from seeing Forsberg last year when he was the, the number one goalie for Columbus in the farm system at Lake Erie, uh, and he was playing regularly. I think he's the kind of goalie who needs to play a lot to, to get into a groove. I mean, he's, he's a guy who, um, he can lose technique. Um, but if he gets in a groove, he can be really, really good. And, um, you know, people, people forget the first two games he played this year, he was phenomenal versus, uh, Toronto. And I'm trying to remember the other team it was an overtime loss, but he was, Oh, it was, um, uh, was that Edmonton? I can't remember. It was Edmonton, Toronto and Edmonton. And both of those games, he was, he was outstanding. I think he faced 40 shots in both games. And, yeah. uh, I think the Haw- the Hawks lost, um, two to one in overtime, both games. And, um, neither of those overtime goals were his fault. So, uh, but I, I think he is the kind of goalie that he's got to play more um, to get into a groove. And and uh, but um, I, I personally I like him. I think he's I think he's more than adequate as a, as a number two. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed that uh, that Quinville didn't give him the second game on the back to back. But I guess being against Montreal and Corey being from yeah. Montreal, that's probably I'm I'm going to attribute it to that. Not as much of a punishment. Uh, for Forsberg as it was just that uh, yeah. an homage to, to Corey Crawford and yep. being and you know, I mean, Crawford was coming off two straight shutouts. Yeah. I mean, yeah. unless he was really tired and he only, I think he only faced like 25 shots in, in Minnesota. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. You know, the guy's really hot and he's, you know, playing the team that he always beats, et cetera. So let's keep him going. I don't think that had anything to do with Forsberg. Yeah, for sure. Um, we already talked about manifold glues uh, question. Henry Maxwell, your boy, JJ. The official professional wrestler of the rink.com, I might add. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, Henry Maxwell said, can, can some artist please get Corey Crawford an original cool mask? This generic stuff is getting old. Uh, you're going to have to probably talk with the official licensed mask uh, creators of the NHL because... Uh, they kind of they they're kind of into this assembly line, uh, mask painting thing. Um, there's plenty of good artists out there that are kind of on the outside, but uh, like my boy Fig Sig, who did uh, a mask for Scott Darling, uh, you know, was very passionate about that stuff. But I mean, you got to get some fresh blood in there to do that. Otherwise, it's just kind of more of an assembly line. People just uh, throw a couple of Hawks logos on there in different colors and send them out the door. I don't think it has anything to do with Corey Crawford more than just uh, the actual artists themselves, to be honest with you. But You know, I did like his, uh, I think it was like the off-white mask he used to wear a couple of years ago. I did like that one. I that, I, that, one that one seemed like it was a little more, had a little more of an original design than the last few that he's worn. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate any of them. I mean, I like the black one more because I like the black equipment, but, you know, the white one was fine. I, I you know, there or there. Yeah, as, as NHL goalie masks go, Crawfords are not terribly imaginative. No. No, no. No, I you think know, that's... But... Well, I think that has probably more to do with the artist than anything, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. It just like, you know, they, they all start to get to cl- be, be cliche after a while. The glow-in-the-dark mask, cliche after a while, you know. It just... 
you know, copycat the league ones, with the copycat masks. The ones that change color yeah. by temperature. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Then, then everyone's got one. So, I don't know. Maybe if you got some more, uh, you know, some more artists involved, uh, that may, you may get some more interesting masks. Yeah. But, you know. Uh, and then the, the last question was Ryan of Romo, Rymo, Ryan of Rymo, uh, another first time question asker. Uh, have the Blackhawks made a preemptive move for big changes with Ulf Samuelson? Not ready to cross the bridge yet, but uh, I could see him as interim hit, head coach. Uh, honestly, I've made my uh, thoughts clear on this. Uh, I think that if, if anything was to happen, it would be Kevin Deneen, but who knows? I, I don't think anything's preemptive right now yeah i personally don't i i don't see it i i you know i mean that i think that uh Deneen and samuelson are, are both quite comfortable um as assistants under quenville and i mean if 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 they get rid of quenville um you know there, it means that there's some really big problems and I'm um, not sure that the long-term solution is either one of those guys to be to be quite honest with you i mean um, that that's, yeah, it's just not, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't think there's anything going on there. No, I mean, this, this would have to be like an epic sinking of this team. I mean, they'd have to go like on a, you know, eight losses in 10 games or, or maybe even more than that, you know, 13 losses in 15 games or something like that. I mean, they, you'd really have to have a collapse and they would have yeah. to be getting, you know, just beat up and down the rink constantly for something like this to happen. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think I think that anybody who's followed this team the last several years kind of recognizes that the turnover on the roster and the cap depletion. I mean, that's really what we're what we're dealing with here today. And and um, I think that Quenville and Deneen and, and Samuelson are, are probably doing the absolute best with what they have. And um, I think any anybody in the organization probably recognizes the fact that there's a lot of new faces. There's a lot of young guys on this team that they're that they're trying to get some growth out of and uh i think that's a really it's really kind of unfair to put that at quenville's feet personally yeah well, well i don't i definitely don't agree with everything quenville does but uh i don't right think me that, either but yeah i don't think it's like we are it, it's been said many many times that uh you know if you get rid of quenville what is out there that's better right exactly so yeah uh so that's it for questions i think we're good um you guys got any of that last uh, things you want to bring up or point out uh, before we get rolling? Hey, I want to, um, hey, Gate, I want to kind yeah. of expand a little bit on the Chicago Steel sure, yeah. rumor that we reported last yes. week. Um, so I found out a little bit more about it, and I want to make sure that, that um, everybody knows what exactly we were talking about. So as I understand it, um, there's an investment company in Naperville that is trying to put, put this deal together, um, and it was basically people connected to that company separately that you heard from and that I heard from separately who were uh, providing the information. And my understanding is, is that this company is putting up a significant amount of money to make this deal happen. And the steel would be the primary occupant um, of the building. And it would be a big multi-use facility, very expensive facility. And also a couple of uh, high school teams would also be regular sort of anchor occupants um, as far as hockey in this building. Um, But I want to make really clear it's not like the shovels hit the dirt yet. This is this is all still, as we heard it, in the negotiating phase. And it's quite possible that, you know, something could go south on it. But it sounded like 
something that probably is going to happen. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but at the same time, it's, it's just sort of the nature of these things. It's, it's a negotiation and that what we're reporting on we're not reporting on actual shovels and dirt at this point yeah don't so, don't so go out to naperville yeah don't go out to naperville and start looking for dump trucks and uh <laughs> yeah. you know bulldozers right. uh creating you know there's uh, no checks have been signed yet and no yeah. agreements have been signed yet this is all in the you know negotiation negotiation phase but uh the the negotiations are going well from what we've right. heard and that uh you know this is a very highly likely uh scenario so yeah don't, don't be surprised when you hear it and uh again remember where you heard it that's right the dash rink.com uh is where you heard Indeed. it first so uh mario you got anything else you want to bring up or uh you good no i'm good i'm 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 looking forward to uh uh, to this upcoming week of uh, of action starting up again on Thursday, both uh, Ice Hogs and Blackhawks back playing, and um, keeping my eye on uh, on puckhockey.com for that rink uh, that rink gear. Uh-huh. Um, Look at you! Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're a natural. <laughs> no, I you know I actually uh, this is not we didn't you know I didn't I didn't plan this out or anything like that beforehand, but uh, um. I was on their their site earlier today too, uh, um, looking at some of their gear, and they got. I mean, they got. It's really impressive what they what they've done with the more. Um, you know, it's it's not like you know team gear, and here's a here's a Blackhawk shirt that you could get from fifty other retailers, and it just happens to be on this site. It's very original. It's all custom. Um, yeah. yeah. All all original. Uh, you know, clothing and. Um, you know, the partnerships they have are, are, are really cool. The different, uh, um, the like different demographics that it's reaching. You know, you got the the metal bands, um, the 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 Snoop Dogg line is, is really cool. So just poking around there, I'm definitely I'm <laughs> definitely gonna have to, uh, um, definitely gonna have to uh, pick up something something from there. Uh, yeah, I think rather, in rather soon. To, uh, I think in addition to getting some some Rink.com gear when it when it comes out and. Kate and I are going to really push hard on that and see if we could make that happen sooner rather than later. Um, but I think I cool. might have to get one of those Snoop Dogg uh, uh, hockey jerseys for uh, for the holidays. <laughs> That's going to be my gift to myself, I think, because it's just yeah. really cool, man. We need a picture of that up on the uh, the Rink <laughs> official Instagram account. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. With your Snoop-a-loop jersey on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, cool, man. Well, um, as always, you can find us all on the popular social media. Uh, the account is the Rink Official, and that's uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. And there is actually a Google Plus page as well. So if you're on the Google Plus, you can go follow that. Uh, you can follow this account for the podcast at the Rink Cast. Uh, I am at Puck and Hostel. John is at J A E C K E L. Mario is at Mario underscore Terabasi correct yeah yep yeah you could follow us um and we cannot forget our our uh, our other friend uh aaron goldschmidt he is late at late in the goldie uh he's excellent with the uh college prospects and he's hoofing it out there he couldn't join we should us also tonight. not forget our our other friend uh bob rose coach bob rose jr yeah who uh i believe does not have a twitter account yeah bob is uh bob's a little bit more my generation he's a little he's a little <laughs> more uh Technically traditional. challenged. 
traditional but uh, we'll call it traditional yeah traditional he's a traditionalist yeah. but uh um the the hockey insights um keep coming he's posted two articles this week that have just been absolutely killer in terms of uh the ins and outs of the game and the X's and the O's and, and it's very uh, unique stuff. It's not stuff you're going to find everywhere else. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to, if you want to really increase your knowledge of the game and what's going on in the game, you know, on the, on the actual player level, uh, I would definitely urge you to read, to read Bob's stuff and we'll make sure we keep uh, tweeting that stuff out. So you guys know when it's there, you can come see it. Yeah. Excellent. Um, uh, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, but I'm going to mention it again, you can find all of our content, all three of us and uh, Aaron and Bob, and more to come in the future yep. Yep. at the-rink.com. Uh, if you get a chance, please head over to iTunes, rate and review us. Uh, it helps us out. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, uh, I'm going to plug our sponsor once again, which is puckhockey.com. That's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Um, we're going to release that discount code real soon so you can get 10% off on uh, on your Christmas uh, Christmas shopping there. And uh, we want to thank them. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or insert ecumenical midwinter holiday <laughs> here. Yes, for sure. Um, that There will be more news on that to come, uh, come soon. And uh, as far as that goes, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to listen and support us. Until next week, see you on the ring.